Hey, it's Andy Honest here on the Pod Slamma Jamma YouTube channel. And boy, what an eventful, what an eventful day. Wednesday, April 26, 2023, the day before the NFL draft. A uh, very, very interesting day i mean there's just nothing there's nothing else you can say there's nothing else you can describe it ultimate caskill this uh, it became broke the news broke on tuesday that he was gonna enter the transfer port on wednesday morning which is exactly what he did and then a lot of other stuff happened across the houston cougars football team and we're going to get into that and discuss. If you guys are here joining live, feel free to comment. I'd like to get your thoughts on what's been going on here with Houston Cougars football team. But before we get into it, I'd like to remind everybody to hit subscribe. If you are new to the channel, if you haven't done so already, we're really close to a thousand subs. I mean, you guys got to know, we're going to be talking all about Ultimate Casco and then uh, everything else that has happened with Houston Cougars football, mainly with Cameron Johnson, who entered the transfer portal weeks ago. <laughs> I want to be unguarded, <laughs> if I'm honest. Coaches coach players play. You know, and that's a great place to be in your life. So you can care less what other people are saying. So as we get into, like I said, on Tuesday, this is a very, very crazy story, which, by the way, if you're just joining us, feel free to comment in the comment section. If you're watching here on YouTube, I'd like to hear from you of everything that has happened over the course of the past, not even 24 hours, really. And it all started with the decision by Alton McCaskill to enter the transfer portal and According to several outlets, I believe it was Fox 26 Houston that reported it first. The Houston Chronicle had it as well. Casco officially announced that he was going to be entering the transfer portal. He told the head coach Dana Holgerson he was going to be entering the transfer portal on Monday. And that news broke yesterday. It became official today. As I'm waiting for Ryan Monceau to give me the thumbs up. He's ready. There we go. Joining me, Ryan Monceau of GoCougs.com. Let's start with Ultimate Casco before we get into all the crazy stuff with Cameron Johnson and Matthew Golden and the the civil war really that has started with I guess ah! Houston Cougars in the transfer portal and Houston Cougars still on the team. Are there still Cougars on the team? Yes, still guys. Okay. Matthew Golden is one, and he's he's he, he, Moses Moses, is one. Moses Alexander is another. Parker Jenkins will be on the team by the time the fall comes here. He's still supporting of the team. There is the Scott Street Specialist. They just tweeted out as well. So we we have a lot of Houston Gurus, but obviously we there's fans are I don't know if panic is the right word, but obviously over the course of the last few weeks, a lot of O line that Houston has lost in the transfer portal. But I don't think anything compared nine nine O linemen. I don't think anything compares to the move that came about that broke yesterday, which was Ultimate Casco, which for me, that came out of left field. I didn't expect it, especially, Ryan, you were there three weeks ago. It's kind of funny. It was exactly three weeks from yesterday when he spoke to you, me, uh, Joseph Duarte of the Chronicle, uh, Starnes, got a shout out to Starnes of Goku. Love that guy. As well. And of course, 
with uh, Mark Berman too at Fox 26. And, and yeah, I think that's what everyone was there at that meeting. But to me, he looked like he was committed. He looked like he was talking about the group. He seemed like he was two feet in. And then again, fast forward three weeks, he's gone. He's not going to be a part of the upcoming team, which just, it was a shocker to me. Oh, can I talk now? Okay. Yes. Uh, oh, okay. Um, well, you're in until you're not, right? So right. at that time, I believe that he was in. But something changed between now and then. And we're trying to figure out what that is. And is it an NIL thing? Is it an agent thing? Is it a holy crap, look how everybody's left and, and how my life is changing kind of thing? Or it could be all of it. And I think there's what the, what is, what do you got with the feet going into? <laughs> I got what, to what add is scaring me. I had to add a background. I mean, the, the paws were were in the portal for a second. Again. I'm a professional, and you're putting these up. Um, yes, so I think uh, what we saw three weeks ago was his truth, and this is his truth now. Obviously, there are people at U of H prodding players to make statements online in some way that's good in some ways, maybe not so good. Um, uh, the university of Houston had a narrative about this, that they, they wanted to go out. They chose the people they wanted to push it. Um, they talked to reporters and I, as far as I know, Alton has not talked to anybody and he probably shouldn't. I, I mean, We'd love him to, but he probably shouldn't, not yet. And so what happened is is up for anybody's guess. But the talk that's coming out now, I, I just – I don't want to see it. I mean, these guys were teammates, supposedly friends, and it's, it's tough. And, you know, Alton – was a Houston Cougar. He's still a Houston Cougar. Um, even if he doesn't play at the University of Houston next year, he's still one of these guys. Yeah, so let's get into what you just kind of mentioned, and that's all the drama that really arose from, I don't know, you, it's not directly to Ultimate Caskill's decision, but it all started with Cameron Johnson, who he's been in the transfer project. When did he, he officially said that he was going to be transferring away from Houston at some point in March, I believe. And obviously it couldn't become official. It was after the first week of practice. Um, yeah. So early March. Yeah. And his tweet, which is on multiple times because it's been quote tweeted a lot and there's been a lot of reacting, but it was y'all mad because boys not trying to not try and sink with the ship. So they're not trying to sink with the ship. Be real. I'll gladly stay on this side, which was in many ways kind of a reaction to Matt Golden's tweet yesterday, late last night, which was stay on that side when the tables turn and the handshake emoji 100%. And then it's just, there's been a lot of tweets from several players. And like you mentioned, you know, at one point they were all teammates together, which you, you hate to see, but there, there's something. There, there, there's a conflict. I'm not sure if it's just. It sounds like there might not be 
with Cameron Johnson specifically, obviously we don't know any specifics on why his decision was to transfer out. And obviously he's not, he hasn't been the only offensive lineman to transfer out, but I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of conflict, whether it be, I don't know if you can call it, this is probably not the right word, but insecure. What are your thoughts on the whole conflict? Who Who is insecure? That's probably not the right word to say, but I would say from Johnson, justify. It's kind of like he's trying to justify his initial decision to transfer away from the program in regards to Johnson because, I mean, honestly, it, it's a direct response to Matt Golden's tweet where it's like, you know, don't stay on that side once you enter to transfer out of the portal. There's just, there's just a lot of drama. Yeah, well, there is. And there were changes made. The The Brandon Jones thing did not go over well with the current offensive line core. And when he was let go, that kind of pissed a lot of guys off. And mm-hmm. Cameron was close to him. Uh, several others were as well, Patrick Paul, Jack Freeman. But when Nagabi got here, the culture clash was too much. And so he decided to leave. And I don't, I don't know why you send that message, maybe because you're 20 years old. Um, but it, it just, I don't know what purpose it served him. Mm-hmm. With the exception of, it's been mentioned that he's going to Colorado this weekend. It fits perfectly in with that brand. And so if that's the way he's going, then this is the perfect audition. So I, that would be the only way I could justify, and I don't even think that's the right word, but, it, but the only way it makes sense. Yeah, well, you mentioned, oh, I mean, we've mentioned all the plethora of offensive linemen that, that have transferred on. I think that's that's the that's the big key. Once they switch coaches at that position, Travante Sylvester was another one of the offensive linemen that transferred away from Houston. He's kind of been involved too. I don't know if they're going to do like a dual visit and, and visit Colorado together. I saw something where they're, it, it seems like they're both going to be visiting Colorado and mm-hmm. the national reporter. And uh, I, I believe Bruce Feldman is his last name. Um, yesterday when Alton McCaskill around the same time when the news broke, about McCaskill transferring, that he was going to transfer into the transfer portal. He mentioned that Colorado was going to be in the mix, which immediately from a Houston perspective started to raise a lot of red flags because then you get into that territory. And, and again, like you said, McCaskill hasn't spoken. He hasn't spoken to reporters. Dana Holgerson has spoken to to, to Berman and to, to Duarte of Fox and, and the Houston Chronicle. But from the player's perspective, we, we just don't really have any of that substantial explanation other than the the tweet that McCaskill put out today. But if he were to go to Colorado, Cameron Johnson goes to Colorado. That's where tampering. That's the key word there. It, the optics don't look great. They don't. Um, so staffers inside the program have told me that's what they think it is. And it's now multiple, three, at least three, um, have said that it's, it's tampering. But there's really no way to enforce that. There's no way to snatch a guy's phone or, or is, you know, you just can't do it. You can't. And it's never going to be now with NIL, 
with the marketing representatives and the agents, it's never going to be direct this coach to that player. It's going to be this coach to somebody, to the marketing rep, to the player, or me straight to the marketing rep. And it's, they're not going to tamper in a direct way because it, their records, the coach's records, tweets, texts, phone calls, all can be monitored through freedom of information. So they go the indirect route, and that's, it's unfortunate, but it's a part of the process of NIL where they allowed these marketing representatives and these agents to come into college athletics. This is something that's been brought up by Enormita, by the way, Ryan, before we, we I guess we, we might need to mention the kickers and the specialty, but Matthew Gomez and commented on YouTube, go Cougs. But I was going to bring up the comments from Enormita, who is another viewer from YouTube, and you mentioned... Matthew you know, Golden, coach. find something better to do. No, no, Matthew. Support the channel. Thank you for commenting. Go Cougs. And uh, well, we have the kicker aficionado in Ryan Monson. We'll talk a little bit about the kickers as well. But I was going to go back to Norbert's comment, and that's Coach Jones recruited players for more of an air raid throwing offense. And this is something that we've seen, again, throughout the spring with Coach Nagavi and Coach Ogerson. I mean, this goes back to last season when Coach there, – there seemed to be kind of a – I don't know if you want to call it, call it a philosophical switch, but there was a much more emphasis on running the ball from Houston, from Coach Hogerson, going back to last season. I mean, we heard it all throughout before the first game of the regular season. Once the regular season started, it's like, you know, we're trying to establish the run game. We want to be a run first team. Nagavi kind of goes along with that philosophy. And could that be something that's uh, – in your opinion, what do you think? What do you could that be a factor in the offensive lineman that it's it's kind of a switch in philosophy somewhat? And I, I don't even know if that's the right way to phrase it because well, it seemed like Hogerson's had that switch going back to last season. Offensive linemen much prefer to pass block than run block. Run blocking is hard mm-hmm. and it's physical. Um, pass blocking doesn't have to be, and so obviously they're going to default to want to pass block, but. This offense for four years has tried to shorten games. They have tried to run clock and run the ball and, and shorten games, less possessions. That's just what they've done. And Dana, at the end of the 2021 season, kind of pulled the offense back underneath him, and they started throwing it a lot. That coincided with the schedule getting worse. Same thing happened in 2022. As the schedule progressively got worse, they started throwing it a little bit more. Um, it didn't have exactly the results they wanted, especially like against Tulsa. It worked against East Carolina, not Tulsa. So I don't know if we hello. I don't know if we have a philosophical difference here, or if it's these guys. That's the the. I don't think they were ever brought in for an, a real air raid offense. It's never been what Dana's done here. And had that been what he did here, Garrett King would have been successful because he worked with Kendall Bryles. That partnership was great. Not with Dana. And so this is a little bit more of a hybrid. Um, and I, I just don't – with the guys you've got at quarterback this year, you're going to run the ball. You're going to run the ball a lot. 
Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's a, a philosophical thing. I just think it's a, we're not, we're not going to, we're not doing that. Definitely. Cause I guarantee you Deion Sanders is not going to, to run it in the middle of the line three times and punt. That's just not going to happen. So that might be a more interesting place to go play if I'm an offensive lineman. Real quickly, we're going to bring in a viewer of the show. This is the first time ever you're on Pod 7 Gemma, and you get to be a part of a first uh, viewer on the show. Corey joins the show. I want to get your thoughts first. Corey, thank you for being on the show. How are you doing, first and foremost? Good. Well, Corey, I mean, what, what, what do you make of what's going on with UH football over the course of the last day? Well, people are freaking out about with uh, all these O line leaving. Oh, O line, man. Yeah, what do you th- what do you think about Ultimate Caskill leaving? That sucks, but he is injury prone right now. Well, obviously he did miss all of 2022 with the torn ACL. I, just going into the, what's your confidence level going into the upcoming? I mean, the first season of Big Twelve. It's going to be a big jump for Houston football, and there's a lot of roster movement. Right. Maybe about seven or eight or something like that. Not real sure. Yeah. What's your confidence level going into next season? Uh, I guess we'll see. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Corey, thank you for being on the show and being on Pod Slam and Jamma. We appreciate your input. Now, Ryan, before we go back into kind of the running backs group approach of, of really – Obviously, I think it's going to be headlined by Brandon Campbell now. You assume as of April 26th that we're recording this. Um, Stacy Sneed had good stretches throughout the course of last season as well. And I did mention Parker Jenkins is going to be a four-star recruit coming out of high school that's going to join the program in the summer. And, I mean, they have a lot of pieces, but what what kind of – because I agree with you with the, the – whoever they have a quarterback is going to be someone that's new to Houston, whether it be Donovan Smith, whether it be Lucas Coley, and the running game is still going to be a crucial component to the success that the offense has and being able to certainly take a lot of pressure off whichever quarterback ends up winning the starting position. Because unlike last year where there were stretches, like you alluded to, they really struggled to establish run game against some opponents. I don't think they're going to have the luxury of being able to to have like a Clayton Toon was able to towards the end of the season and really, I don't, I don't know if you could call it an air raid offense, but they certainly went to a much more pass-dominant offense towards the latter end of the season. What was the question there? You just seemed to talk for like 12 minutes and I didn't. The running backs group. Hear. What are your thoughts now on the running backs group heading into 2023? Okay. Um, Brandon well, it's the same running back group that you had this year. And that group struggled to get short yardage close to the goal line. Um, just, just didn't punch it in. And you've got to be so much better at that. And if Nagavi is going to work wonders, that's where he's going to work it. And you've got to put your faith in him that what he's trying to accomplish, and, and we saw it in person talking to him, um, is going to help this team get over that hump. Now, obviously, they thought they would have Cameron Johnson, Lance Robinson, and Alton McCaskill to do it. Um, but 
with a with a a slim down offensive line and a and losing Alton, it's going to be a lot harder. And from a defensive point of view, if I'm if I'm scheming against Houston, am I worried about the running game? Am I worried about the passing game? I think I am shutting down the run game and making Donovan Smith or Lucas Coley beat me through the air. Can they do that? I don't know. We haven't seen it for a full season. Donovan Smith certainly did enough to help Tech beat U of H, but then he slid down the depth chart. What's that going to be like this year? And you're stepping up in competition. UTSA is the same school you played last year, but Rice with JT Daniels is looking better. And then TCU and obviously Baylor in Texas and Kansas State through October. I mean, you've got a lot of – it's not the American anymore. And certain things offensively that worked for this program in the American aren't going to work in the Big 12. And the roster does not seem to – the depth could be better right now, but I don't know that the frontline talent is as good as it was last year. If you think about it, you lost your best wide receiver. You lost your second-best offensive lineman. You lost your best tight end. You lost your top running back. You lost your quarterback. That's a lot to replace. Definitely. And it's going to be interesting to see how they they adjust and really find an identity because that's going to be something whoever the quarterback ends up being the starter for Houston, they're going to have to do it on the fly. And absolutely, they're not going to be the old phrase. They're not in Kansas anymore. They're not going to be in the American Athletic Conference anymore. So that identity is going to be crucial for them to being able to adjust and be comfortable being able to play with each other. Now, I've kind of alluded to it throughout the course of the show. I've called you the kicker aficionado of UH football. And the reason yeah, I don't know that, how that happened. Well, the reason for that, it was because again, going back to the spring, which was the last spring availability that Dana Holgerson had coach Dana Holgerson had. He, this was after we were basically done with the press availability. He talked about, you know, the ongoing different topics. And right before he headed out, Hey Ryan, you're going to ask about the kickers went in depth about the kicker competition and then Kyle Ramsey transferred not too far after that days after that. Yeah. Um, so I love special teams, love special teams. I think it's way more important than the average fan gives it credit for. And it's not just kick returns. It's not, it, there's so much going on. And we had uh, Matt Hogan, has done a lot of work with us, who infamously kicked that 51-yard field goal against Tulsa in 2009 to win it, 46-45, I think. And then Dane Roy did a podcast with us for a year or two. And uh, I like kickers. I like special teams. And a couple of years ago, maybe Dana's first, perhaps his second, I asked him a question in a press conference about kickers. And specifically – Late in a game, a game that U of H was winning, I believe, uh, somebody, maybe Dalton Witherspoon, missed an extra point, and he got yanked out of the game. And so the next time U of H scored, 
somebody else kicked it. I think it was Kyle Ramsey. And I asked Dana about that on Monday, and he didn't answer my question, so I asked it again, and he snapped at me. <laughs> and, but I don't think he – either he didn't know that they replaced the kicker or just wasn't understanding what I was saying. But since then, I've been the kicker guy, and so that's fine. I like that. That's okay. Uh, but, yeah, kicker's good. Alabama kid. Uh, Jack Martin, I think his name is, and Kyle Ramsey, uh, not so much. Ryan Monceau of GoCougs.com, the kicker officio, aficionado of UH football will forever have that title. As we wrap things up, I think the biggest – the biggest concern looking ahead from the outside looking in, it has to be, like you said, that depth, especially up front when it comes to the offensive line. When we spoke to Holgerson in his last availability, he said that they were overall from the entire team, they were looking to fill 11 spots in the transfer portal since mm-hmm. then. And here's the, here's the curious part where honestly, I'm not too sure. And I'm, I'm I don't know if you know as well, but I want, I'm, Certainly, Ultimate Casco was not factored into those 11 when he would have been transferred out. But I'm curious if he kind of already knew that some of the other offensive linemen that entered the portal shortly thereafter, if they were factored in, because he did talk about the offensive linemen and he said that in a given year, kind of the magic number that they want to have in regards to that specific to offensive linemen as a whole, they want to have 16 total players as. 16 total offensive linemen on the team, and they were about five away that they needed to recruit or they were going to be focused on to be able to get to that 16 number. Obviously, since then, there has been announcements of offensive linemen they are going to be heading out in the program. I know that there's a few offensive linemen that they're going to be bringing in for official visits. You imagine eventually they're going to fill that spot. But what's your confidence level? Because it's an ever-changing roster for Houston to be able to build that depth because we've heard Holgerson touch on it going back to last season when they had like the, the big 12 preview when they had Texas tech and Kansas back to back where the big difference from, I'm going back to Mike Oresco. He's going to hate this. This, if he ever watched the show, he would hate this what I'm about to say, but the difference between the quote unquote group of five and power five, it's that depth. You look at a lot of these power five schools, they have, when if their starter comes out, the person replacing them is right there at that quote unquote four star level, four star, five star level, depending on how how high you are in the power five. And that's something that Houston needs to they don't have that depth, at least not as of now on April twenty sixth. So how confident yes. are you that they're gonna be able to build that depth? On the offensive line? Yep. There's no starters sitting out there in the portal just hanging out, right? Cameron Johnson is probably the best offensive lineman still available in the portal. Um, you have – UVH has offered a guy from ULM, two guys from Florida International. Uh, we're not talking like you're stealing guys from Texas here, but I think there are – guys that could be second teamers in the big 12. You still have to fill a left guard spot right now. Tank Jenkins will get that opportunity, but I don't know if he's the guy. He didn't get a lot of playing time last year. Um, It is hard for me to believe that sitting out there 
is a guy that can come in and fill in for a, a legitimate first team guy in the Big 12. Uh, and it just, it's hard for me to see that they're able to fill that depth between now and June. You will get bodies, but will they be guys that can play at this level? You're going into year five with Dana Holgerson, and there's never been a catch-up in terms of recruiting and keeping depth. And, I mean, you've played with one quarterback for three and a half years, basically. And it's just hard to see it. It, If you're going to live with this transfer portal and and bring a bunch of guys in, you have to expect guys are going to leave. And sometimes that's a good thing because you get to get rid of recruiting mistakes or guys that just aren't at this level. But you also lose guys like Alton McCaskill, Cameron Johnson. Um, And I just don't think there's somebody out there who you can just step in and replace, certainly not Alton, and probably not Cameron Johnson either. So my, my, you asked me for my confidence level, low, two, three, one, Maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe the, it'll just it'll just all click. But it's a long season, and you got to have a lot of bodies on the offensive line that can make it. And you're going to go Baylor, Texas, and Kansas State at Baylor, Texas at home, and at Kansas State right in the middle of the season. And those are three big boy teams. And it's going to be hard for this team that's kind of shuffling on the offensive line to make it through those three games uh, intact. Ever-changing landscape of college football, and right now with the Houston Cougars football team, a very fluid roster now. As we wrap things up, Ryan, I'd like to say thank you for being able to hop on this link on short notice. Yeah, and talk about short that. notice. Very, hey, it was more than 10 minutes. That's uh, not <laughs> – super short but uh i mean this is time for you where can people find you obviously you're the owner of gokoops.com and i think we might have to plug h-o-u-n-i-l now because hey ryan you're letting a lot of players go to other nil markets i that is all on me and i apologize all on me um h-o-u-n-i-l.com gokoops.com gokoops1 on twitter and facebook and instagram um but also, go to Andy Yanez's Etsy site. He sells uh, his crochet work, and it's very, very good. Etsy. Yeah, on Etsy. I've never crocheted in my life. I, did. I don't believe that. I feel like you're, you're, a, you're good with your hands at crocheting or a knitting, something like that. You don't sew? Mm-mm. What do you do in your free time? You haven't done anything for a month. What have you been doing? That- to, hey, you you, you know, left Kansas City. No, 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 no. That's a good. That's a good segue because if you are new to the channel, first be sure to hit the subscribe button and give this video a like because, like I said, Ryan joined on short notice. We got to be able to support him. And if you haven't done so already, be sure to check out other videos in the channel, including one-on-one interview with Chris Pesman. And on the topic of running backs, we also interviewed Parker Jenkins last week. So those are cool. Football related? Well, obviously Parker Jenkins is certainly football related, but University of Houston Athletics as a whole, as for the past month, 
Kansas City. Gee, that, that was not a good experience, Ryan, for you personally. No. Uh, I got to fly to home directly through Charlotte, and uh, you went to Minneapolis, I believe. So that was a, a weird day after Kansas City. And then I have kind of hibernated, uh, laid low, but we're going to blast out in six weeks or so with all new stuff. I mean, there's yes. still new stuff, but, yeah. Oh, we have Dave Campbell's. I forgot about Dave Campbell. We have Dave Campbell's Texas Football. We're doing a podcast with them now, so that'll be fun. We'll be replacing Podslama Jamma at the top of the U of H list. Uh, there goes Podslama Jamma. There goes talking about them Cougars from gokus.com. Uh, maybe your crocheting could pick up, you know. Yeah, the never, crochet, never crocheted in my life. Yeah. No. Okay. No. Okay. This this is the last thing for sure because today we're NFL draft eve. Obviously, Houston has a lot of players that could potentially get drafted throughout the course of the three days. I think the top of that list is Tank Dell. Only focusing on Tank and Clayton Toon. Are you really going to ask me about the NFL draft? I'm going to ask you about Tank and Clayton. Okay. You didn't let me finish. Okay. Because I don't know anything about the NFL draft. No, 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 no. Where do you think Tank goes in draft, second or third round? I think he could be in the third round. And Clayton, too. You just asked me about the NFL draft. I I don't know. I don't know anything about the NFL draft. I think all it takes is one for Tank. Mm -hmm. And somebody's going to see the things he can do. If, If you're just going off of height and you know, speed and hand size and think, well, he's not your guy. But if, if you understand that the game is moving to guys like him, then, yeah, I think he could go late second, maybe early third. Clayton Toon, I don't have any feel for at all. You see things where people are really, really excited about him draft-wise. But I, I just, I don't... After two or three quarterbacks, it's kind of a crapshoot, right? And he could be at the top of that. He could be in the middle or the bottom. I don't know. I think he'll get drafted. But I don't know where to predict or think. Why don't you tell me? You're more rounded. You know this. I was going to say, I, I honestly, I think Tank Dell is going to end up going in the second round because multiple people have described him as the best route runner in this year's draft. And it, it seems like he's impressed a lot of teams when it comes to com, the draft combine and individual workouts he's done. So it'll be interesting to see where, where he goes. And I, I agree when, when it comes to the quarterbacks outside of the top four, really, when it comes to Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and Will Levis, it's kind of, like you said, a crapshoot. So I, I agree. I think he'll be drafted. I think he could go anywhere from the fifth round to the seventh, to be honest. So we shall see. And, again, thank you for hopping on. The, I don't, can't even call this a, a Pod Slam Jam podcast. It was on the Pod Slam Jam YouTube channel talking about McCaskill's decision to transfer the Civil War with some uh, current football players and ex-football players, and then the draft and the kickers. Kicker aficionado, Ryan Montel. That's me. Yes, sir. Any final thoughts? Maybe you should try crocheting. (sighs) No, I'm not going to crochet. I really feel like you need something to do with your time. There's no basketball to plan for. 
Andy coaches a basketball team. Did y'all know that? No, Andy is a good person. He coaches young kids in basketball. And good for you. But you should try, you know, a hobby or something. NBA playoffs. Well, we'll revolve around basketball. Thank you again for joining on the show. Thank you, everyone, that took time out of the day to comment. Thank you, Matt Golden, for commenting on the show. And like he, I'll put his comment up one more time. Houston versus everybody. You got to get Galen Robinson to start sending more of those shirts, uh, Ryan. You got to, you guys got to, right now is the time to galvanize the Houston identity because it is, it truly is Houston versus everybody. Thank you for your time here on April 26th. And we'll head to the NFL draft. I think Tank Dell would be a second-round pick. You heard it here first.